It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome on in to the 66th. AKA the Bill Berge edition, uh, Bill Berge, uh, Bill Berge Chevrolet. I mean, isn't that, isn't that he's a big car guy and also an Eagle great, an overall Philly legend. This is the Counterpoint Podcast. I know you thought that you may never, ever hear the Counterpoint Podcast ever again. And I'm sure there were some of you out there rooting for it. But guess what, baby? We are back because, listen, I, obviously I've been super busy with work. Um, I've been super busy with Philly stuff. I mean, I told you uh, d- during the run last year, the Eagles run, I was like, "Listen, there's a there's a there's a niche for me here." And uh I've just, you know, I'm turning into a Phillies guy. So, um but I I, I obviously I I could not not do the Jack Fritz name test. I mean, the Jack Fritz name test is is something that many of you uh that's that's the calling card of the Counterpoint podcast. Like the Counterpoint podcast in and of itself is uh the the Jack Fritz name test. I mean, literally the the Jack Fritz name test and uh, unfortunately for people like Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, like it's coming out late this year and they're going to have to adjust their mock drafts very late. I mean, they're going to have to adjust them maybe even tomorrow. Like they, they are going to have to adjust their mock drafts based off of what I am going to say about certain players in this draft because I am I am currently reviewing the the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft and there is someone going number three overall that I think should be selling insurance somewhere. So uh, we will get to the Jack Fritz name test. So where have I been? Uh, let's just blame it all on Barcher. This is all Barcher's fault. He's totally surprising the Counterplay podcast once again. It's just sad. Uh, but, but we are we are back for this episode. So we have a little stuff I want to run down. A little stuff that we've been over. A little stuff that we we haven't been able to talk about just yet. Um, I definitely want to talk about Carson. I want to talk about the draft and of course 
Howie season. Also, I do want to talk to the Mush Gods because the Mush Gods. Um, I feel like they're. I feel like the Mush Gods are getting me back for the playoff run. Like the 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 Mush Gods. I was in their heads. They had no idea what to do. They were so confused. They finally got me back for the, the New Orleans game. But ever since that point, like. Everything that I have predicted with the Phillies has gone south. Uh, Nick Pavetta has been horrible, um, and and I think that's the Mush Gods getting one back on the kids. So uh, we will get back on to the Mush Gods, and of course we are going to do the Jack Fritz name test. I'm going to do the whole first round, and we're going to start grading picks. And of course at the end, the counterpoint mailbag. But first, I want to talk about Carson Wentz because I am just so sick and tired of of the, the the Carson Wentz slander um, that I see everywhere, um, I, I I am sick and tired of these Donovan McNabb stories in relation to Carson Wentz. I'm sick and tired of this this anti Carson Wentz thing that is growing. I mean, I haven't even done a podcast since the Joe Santaliquito shit. So like, I am I I this is the official counterpoint position on Carson Wentz. We are taking fucking names because in six months, we are all going to remember what Carson motherfucking Wentz is. I am sick and tired of hearing about Nick Foles. He is in Jacksonville and we're never going to hear about him again. I am sick and tired of these hit pieces on Carson Wentz. I am sick and tired of him being outranked by far shittier quarterbacks in the NFL. I want to let every single person that has doubted Carson Wentz, I want to let them know that we in the trust tree do not forget. We do not forget those who have doubted Carson and who have been anti-Carson because that time is over. He is our franchise quarterback. He's going to get paid like one soon and he's going to lead the Eagles to the promised land. I am sick and tired of these articles I am sick and tired of the slander. He had a freaking broken back and coming off of like triple knee surgery. And in tr- in doing all of that, he still was a top 12-ish quarterback. So at Carson's absolute worst, he was still a top 12 quarterback. So can we just all, for the love of God, just calm down on the Carson thing? He is going to be good, he is going to be fine, and he's going to lead this team to the promised land. He has a whole offseason to get completely healthy. I know the other day he said that he's back, still not 100% back yet, which is whatever. Maybe they overshot the three-month thing that Doug said. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care. Because when even Carson, at his absolute fucking worst, was still a very good quarterback. I feel like that's what's been lost in this whole thing. Like, Carson Wentz, bad last year. Carson Wentz was not bad last year. Was he as good as he was in 17? No. Was he coming off of triple knee surgery and also had a deteriorating back in the middle of the season? Yes, he was. So can we just stop with the freaking overrating, like the overration of Carson Wentz by some people? Like, just let the guy play football. Let the guy get healthy, come back, and dominate. Okay? Now, with all that being said, Carson, this point, this part of the podcast is for you. Please shave that beard. The, the, the beard has, has, it looks Amish. Like you have a red beard 
It is too. It is too long. It is too long. You need to shape it up a little bit because it just doesn't work. You have a shaved-ish head. It doesn't work that your beard is like that. It doesn't make any sense, Carson. I know you listen to the podcast. I know it's been a while. I know we've been talked in a while. I know you're probably losing confidence because you haven't had the, the, the trust tree in your corner. The trust tree is back. And guess what, buddy? First rule of the trust tree: shave that beard. You have to shave it all the way down, but trim it up. Like you just look, you look like an Amish person. I can't have my franchise quarterback looking like an Amish person. I can't go in a whole rant about how you're going to be this superstar. You are a superstar, but also have you having that kind of beard. So if you could please, please, please shave your beard. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I want. It's 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 not a great look. I, I understand it's the offseason, and once OTAs roll around, you're going to be back to, to, to clean-shaven Carson. But between, between the Carson beard being too long and the neck acne or whatever that was, he cleaned it up a little bit, okay? We, we got we to figure that stuff out. Like this, is, this is the NFL. This is a franchise quarterback. This is franchise swag. Like You can't be having a long beard and neck acne and all that stuff. Like It's, it's time to mature a little bit. You're 26. I mean, doesn't, doesn't acne go away by then? I mean, I still have some acne, but I'm 25. I'm not. I'm not an adult yet. So, like Carson, for for the love of God, please shave it up and figure it out. Okay, okay. So that's it. That's the Carson rant. It has been cooped up inside me for too long. Just like Arya in Game of Thrones, I have a list, and I will not forget. That's my threat. I will not forget. Thank you. Now, gotta go into the trust tree because. I just have to be honest. Ever since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I, myself, have become complacent. Tomorrow is the NFL draft. And I just, I just don't, like, I just don't care. Like, I know it's important and they have, they literally have to crush a draft because they have to pay cars and soon and, and whatnot. Like, they need young talent. They have, they're an older roster. They need to start getting some youngish talent on this roster. Like it's like this is the most important draft in the last 5 years. Like if you want to keep this Super Bowl window open as long as possible, you have to crush this draft. And tomorrow's the draft. And I just don't I just don't I just don't really care. Like I I'm, I'm doing my draft research the last 2 days and it's just like I don't even know actually I now I know what I want the Eagles to do. But still it's like it's just like there's no there's no buzz, there's no juice. But and, and for me in the trust tree, like this is why this is why the trust tree exists. Like for me when the Eagles had not won the Super Bowl yet, I was breaking down draft strategy. I was saying what they have to do if they want to try to win a Super Bowl. I was saying what they got to do in the first round, what they can trade up, trade down. And ever since they won, it's just like, hey, we won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, Howie's got it. Howie will figure it out. And trust in Howie and Joe Douglas and all that stuff. But it's 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 weird. It's a weird place to be in as a fan. And I never thought I would get complacent. Um, and I did. I couldn't stand the the, the Eagles Super Bowl fans either. But it's just how I'm at. It's where I'm at. It feels like a lot of people out there. Like we, like we don't even have the guy that everyone wants to trade up for. Like we, like usually every once a year, it's like we gotta trade for this guy, we trade for that guy, or else this whole draft's a bust. If they don't draft this guy, they're never gonna win ever again. So, but that's just not the case this year. It's not the case at all. Like people, we, we've gotten so complacent that we're rooting for a trade down. Like what the fuck? Like this is not how it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be trade for this guy, or else how we should be fired. Like there's just none of that. There's absolutely none of that. I don't know what happened. I, 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 I mean, I honestly know what happened. The Super Bowl happened. The Super Bowl happened and everyone got complacent. We're all fat cats. We all said we never get fat cats. Uh, but here we are. The city of Philadelphia is a football city that, is, that has gotten fat over the last two years. And we're not holding them accountable, which I don't know what that means. Holding anyone accountable doesn't make any sense. It literally is the one thing in, in sports media that just makes no sense to me. 
Because what the fuck does that even mean? Anyway, but the <laughs> the Super Bowl is just I I I am getting excited for the draft uh, slowly but surely, but it's just not the same as years past. I don't, like like there's there's two two Iowa tight ends here that I see going on the top like fifteen. Like what what are we doing? Like it's just whatever, whatever. I think everyone in the trust tree is kind of kind of on the same path there. I have one overall draft rule that I want the Eagles to abide by. This is me holding the Eagles accountable. It's a, it's a real term that people use that doesn't really make any sense, but we're going to hold them accountable because guess what? The one draft rule, this the, the, this draft will be a success if this happens. Dear Howie, no players from the University of Washington. We're not touching anyone from the University of Washington in this city ever again. Uh, the city of Philadelphia has officially banned drafting players from the University of Washington. You have to follow in line. I know there's some guy in the first round that is a, a first-round talent that went to Washington. Number one rule, no players from Washington. Sidney Jones and Mark Fultz. That's it. No more. No more. No one wants it anymore. Your draft, Howie, may be fine. The way to ensure that it will 100% be fine is if you draft no players from Washington. Only rule. And speaking of Howie, what do you like? What do you? What is your version of Howie Roseman doing tonight? Because like, I, I kind of, I always envision Howie around this time, kind of going on like a quagmire thing, where he's like giggity giggity. Like, that's how I picture Howie at night, the night before the draft. Like just can't sleep, can't do anything, not talking to his kids, just just on his computer all night. Just his his phone is only charging. Like he doesn't even have to pick up his phone because he knows like he's just going to 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 kill some GMs tomorrow. Like he I I envision Howie Roseman the night before a draft getting a, a big ass steak, a full ass glass of wine, because he knows the next day he's gonna need all the protein because he is going to go kill some GMs. Like, yes, that is that is my version of Howie Roseman. My version of Howie Roseman is getting a big-ass steak, some wine, not talking to his kids, maybe watching some last-minute tape on some guys, envisioning a trade-up, probably going to trade down. Because he, like, I envision Howie Roseman tonight is going to, is, is, is while enjoying his big-ass steak and big-ass glass of wine, he is just, he is salivating at the mouth thinking about what he's going to get from John Elway when John Elway tries to trade back up for, for Drew Locke. Like, like draft season Howie is just, is just a dangerous animal. Draft season Howie, because like, this is when Howie Roseman shines, where it's, where it's trade down, trade up. He has his guys on his board. He has to decide what he wants to do. And I, I, I wonder, I wonder eventually if, Opposing GMs are just going to not pick up the call, not pick up the phone. Like if they're going to see a two one five area code and they're going to look down and they're just not going to pick it up because name 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 a trade Howie Roseman has lost. Like it's it's hard to find. It really is hard to find. He is the absolute goat. And and Howie season just completely being here. It's it. I am for as excited as I am about the future Eagle that they will eventually pick. Like just seeing Howie operate on draft day is is a treat every single year. Every single year. So my version of Howie Roseman, first off, not sleeping tonight, enjoying a huge steak, and and just preparing for the kill. Like th- that's what this is. It's like it's like before you know, back in the old days, 
I assume this would happen, but they would have a a big ass meal and then they would go out for their hunts. You know what I mean? Like they would have that, that last supper and then they would go out on the hunt and they would be looking to, to kill some animals. That's how I envision Howie thinking about his draft day. Like he's going to kill some animals, AKA other GMs and just take them for all they're worth because that's what he does. And if you think how, if you think John Elway, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this. I think I think Sheil wrote about it today on the Athletic. Like the like the idea of John Elway trying to outmaneuver Howie Roseman in a trade back up for Drew Locke has me has me salivating at the mouth. And imagine me salivating at the mouth, but with Howie Roseman and a huge steak dinner with some salt on it, and make sure it's marinated and it's like it's probably cooked like medium. I, like there's a little pink in there. It's a really good steak and a. a I don't, I don't even like wine, but like how he probably likes wine and, and just think of that level of salvation. That's how he's thinking about John Elway picking up his phone, going for Drew Locke, who fucking stinks. And again, John Elway, who is going to use more draft capital to, to go up and get a quarterback who fucking blows and, and, and draft Drew Locke because he has a good arm and give up a third round pick and whatever. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I feel bad for Denver fans. I really do. Like that, that winning that Super Bowl is probably the worst thing that could happen for, for Broncos fans because that validated John Elway and John Elway is fucking horrible at his job and how he, while enjoying his steak dinner that is cooked medium and has some salt on it with his with his bottle of wine that was marinated perfectly with the steak, he is going to just destroy John Elway in a trade. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. So, um, Howie, enjoy your non-sleep tonight. Enjoy that big-ass steak, and uh, let's get the job done tomorrow. All right, Mush Gods, it has uh, been a while, um, but I just feel like I, I need to talk to you real quick. Um, because I have some some things that I, I need my teams to do tomorrow. Um, so as as you well know up there is I am a diehard. Uh, my my favorite team is whoever beats the Eagles. Um, that's that's my favorite team to root for. So obviously diehard Giants, Redskins, Cowboys. Because like I just I really I hate the Eagles so much that um, I, I root for whoever plays the Eagles on Sunday. And obviously since. Since the Redskins, Giants, and Cowboys, my teams are all in the NFC East. Like they play them twice a year. I I, I try to follow their drafts as much as possible. Um, so I'm coming to you, uh, Mush Gods, for for that. And I, I I know I've had a bad pass with the, with the Mush Gods. Like I, I've I've you've you've gotten me many times. Like you you own me. Uh, you really do. Like you just you you really you're so far inside my head uh, that I don't even know what to tweet anymore. So Mush Gods, let me just please ask you this um ask you for this if the giants don't draft daniel jones tomorrow they're going to be in purgatory forever the guy moves his feet a lot like peyton manning um but also has an arm like tom brady and if 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 the giants pass up on the opportunity to draft daniel jones and, and don't even get me started think he's thinking that superstar that future star is going to fall to 17 like don't even don't even don't even joke around with me, Mush Gods. Like don't even don't even joke around with me, thinking that that uh, so many sixteen other teams are gonna on this on this anniversary of Aaron Rodgers saying that the worst thing the 49ers did was pass up on him. Don't let it happen again to my Giants. You cannot please Mush Gods. Uh, go into Gettleman, who I I mean Dave Gettleman, 
once again proving he just is the man for the job, the man of action, Dave Gettleman, just so good at his job. And I, I don't want anyone else leading my franchise. Thank God uh, he's gotten rid of analytics in football and he's he's going back to the wing tee offense. It's it's really smart. Um, thank God we we drafted Saquon Barkley last year and and are committing to a 37-year-old quarterback. And by the time we're ready to compete again, uh, that running said running back is going to be on his last leg. Th- th- just knows what he's doing. And I just I trust him so much. And thank you, Mush Gods, for blessing us with Dave Gettleman. Um, if, if they don't – listen, I understand the Giants are at six. I would trade – like if, if, it, if it comes down to it, Mush Gods, please, please tell Gettleman to give six, six and 17 up to move up and get Daniel Jones. Like you can listen. I I understand he might be there at six. If this team, if my Giants let Daniel Jones get to seventeen, and and think that sixteen other teams are going to be fools, they're just wrong. And if if they don't get Daniel Jones, who again just he basically is is Peyton Manning with feet and Tom Brady throwing the ball. I mean the kid's a superstar, a superstar waiting to happen. If they don't, if they don't, hell, move up if you have to. Please, Mush Gods, I, I need Daniel Jones on my Giants. Now, let me get to my Redskins. Because they're another team that, that I just I need them to get better so they can compete with my Eagles. Uh, or not my Eagles. My, the, I can't believe I just said that. I'm so sorry. This completely ruins the whole segment. Um, I need Dan Snyder running my draft. Dan Snyder, I, some would say he's the best owner in football. Uh, a guy that just wants to win, win at all costs. And f- f- so many owners don't understand that. Dan Snyder does. And please, Mush Gods, please let him run my draft tomorrow. Trade up for Dwayne Haskins. You you can't let Dwayne Haskins fall away to 15. There's not going to be 14 other dumb teams passing up on, on a future star like like Dwayne Haskins. So, Mush Gods, if I could ask one thing of you for my Redskins, Please, please let Dan Snyder run my draft. And thank you so much for, for running Scott McLuhan out of, out of power. I, I, just a disgrace to the franchise. Um, just really good stuff there. Mush gods, I, I thank you. Those are all I ask for, for tomorrow. Um, Daniel Jones to my Giants. Maybe trade up for him. And definitely trade up for Dwayne Haskins because there's no way 14 other teams are passing up on a talent like that. Thank you very much. All right, you've been waiting for it. You have been waiting for the Jack Fritz name tests. And here we go. I'm going to do the whole first round, and I'm going to do the whole first round from Daniel Jeremiah's last mock draft. Uh, without Mayock there, Jeremiah is the go-to guy. So Daniel Jeremiah is the final mock draft I'm going to use. No problem with Kyler Murray. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine name. He's one on the – he's like the – when you have the Heisman kind of thing, it's – it just works, and Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray flows off the tongue. Nick Bosa, we've seen a name Bosa. Obviously, Joey Bosa worked before. No problem with Nick Bosa either. He's going to be an absolute superstar. Now, here's where it gets tricky because he has the New York Jets taking Ed Oliver number three overall and passing on Quinn and Williams. And there's one thing like this is this is going to be the ultimate test of the Jack Fritz name test. Is I think it's going to be Ed Oliver because Ed Oliver should be selling insurance in the suburbs somewhere. Ed Oliver is a horrible football name. Uh, if your name's Ed, I'm automatically out on you as a football player. I know the first two names thing, like Aaron Donald, I know that works. 
I don't see the same kind of success for Ed Oliver. So uh, this is the first huge misstep by the Jets. If they pass on Quinn and Williams, uh, who is a, a, going to be a bona fide superstar, Quinn and Williams is just a pure D tackles name, um, a, a big run stuffer. Um, if they don't, if they don't, if they take Ed Oliver over Quinn and Williams, the Jets will be in purgatory forever. That's my official first take um, from this mock draft. Now th- this is another one that that's going to ruffle some feathers. Josh Allen is supposed to go number five overall. And let me just say this, is that I think it's a fine, a fine football name. But there should just not be two Josh Allens in the NFL at the same time, both being prominent players. So in my proposed theory here is that they have to have an old-fashioned duel to decide who can be the Josh Allen in the NFL. Because you can't have two of them both being young and possibly being around for like a decade. It's just going kind to of confuse too many people. They both can't be good at the same time. And I already think Josh Allen, the quarterback, is trash. And just think about that conversation you're going to have to have with your friends. Like, Josh Allen's bad. And like, the, the linebacker? No, the quarterback. Or this vice versa. Like It's just going to cause so much confusion. And, and NFL media, they can't handle that kind of confusion. So uh, the way to, to settle this in the mature manner is to have a duel. Like, just have a duel. And and whoever wins the duel gets to stay in the NFL. Whoever doesn't win the duel is out. They're they're out of the NFL because you cannot have that kind of confusion. So if you're taking Josh Allen number five overall, just know this: he is going to get in a duel with the other Josh Allen. And if he if he loses the duel, you're not going to have top five pick. So pick at your own risk. That's just my opinion. Uh, number six, we have Daniel Jones, who we already went over in the Mush God segment. But since we're out of the Mush God segment, let me just be honest for a second. Daniel Jones is fucking terrible. Like, he is fucking terrible. And, like, I pray to actual God that the Giants take him number six overall because he is absolute trash like why wouldn't you just play yeah if you're gonna do this why not play Eli Manning for a whole another year try to get the top pick and draft one of the actually good quarterbacks coming out next year like why are you wasting a top six pick on a trash quarterback it's uh, the like Daniel Daniel like if you're gonna be a quarterback at least go by Dan or something like who goes by the full name no Dan go no Daniel actually goes by Daniel like name one of your friends named Dan that actually goes by Daniel no it's weird and that's not an alpha it's like go by Dan if you want to be taken seriously because Daniels aren't taken seriously at all um number seven Jawan Taylor I mean, it's a, it's a very strong offensive tackle, and no problems there. Jonah Williams, same kind of thing. I, I ran to this a lot in, in the first round. I was expecting more bad names, but coming away from this mock draft, just every, there's just solid, solid names up and down the board. TJ Hawkinson, it's a fucking, that's a tight end name. Like, that is a tight end name. That guy is going to block the shit out of someone and catch a lot of touchdowns. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, a redshirt sophomore coming out, it's great. It's great. Devin White. Uh, Devin White's a solid linebacker name. Uh, I would prefer if he was a skill position guy, but I think it, it does work here. I just, when I hear and, and picture the name Devin White, I'm thinking of a, of a receiver or running back. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, it's a strong name. It's, it is a strong name, I will say, for a quarterback of the quarterback's names. I like Dwayne Haskins the most, but I've watched Dwayne Haskins, and I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan. Devin Bush, I think, is a fucking amazing linebacker name. Like, that guy's going to be a superstar all in. 
Rashawn Gary, another just a strong, strong name. I love Rashawn Gary, especially as an edge rusher. I could just see it happening on Sundays. Um, Greedy Williams is a cornerback. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. I mean, cornerbacks, cornerbacks and receivers, in my opinion, are the one position where you can have a, a, a first name like Greedy and like Hollywood and and just just that works. Like you're just going to be a superstar. Um, uh, just a a. a, a great player all in on greedy williams i think it's a really really strong strong football name now brian burns i know a couple people i've seen him mocked to the eagles i i don't like that name at all i i don't like that name at all i was like i saw his tape i was like oh he looks pretty good and i was trying to talk myself into him but what what keeps coming back to me <sighs> that name is bad it's a it's a sad name as a guy's got a lot of talent reminds me of javon curse but uh brian burns uh, it's another insurance salesman. Him and Ed Oliver should start a State Farm together. I think they might that might work out better for them. Andre Dillard, another strong, strong name. Uh, it's just a football name. Big guy, um, right in the trenches, where he belongs. That kind of name. Montez Sweat. See, and I, if you listen to a Go Birds podcast from a couple months ago, I said Montez Sweat should be like the top five pick, and um, apparently has his heart condition. So the, the 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 name test can't do anything about a heart condition. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? But. Overall, it's a strong name, and I hope he gets healthy. Uh, now, this is probably the most proper name for this guy's position, going to the most proper team. Garrett Bradbury is a center, perfect, going to Minnesota. Like, you can already see his Hall of Fame plaque being being made right now. I, in my head, I can already see it being made. Uh, Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle. Close your eyes and hear the name. Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle. No problems there. Lonnie Johnson Jr., I mean, cornerback. You can obviously tell as a cornerback, and he's going to, that's another, just like, I understand, like, there's just, there's just strong names up and down this board. Jeffrey Simons, Simmons, either one of those two. Another, it's a superstar name. Like, the, the, this first round is going to go down as an all time first rounder. That's my, that's my prediction, just based off these names. Now, here's where this is going to ruffle some more feathers. Clennon, Clellan, Clellan Farrell? No way. This guy's going to be good. There's a 0% chance Clellan Farrell's going to be. Clellan? You can't have a, a, the, the CL combination at the beginning of a first name. It looks too weird on the eyes. And when it looks weird on the eyes, I'm an eye test guy. And and Clellan Farrell? Nah, nah, it's not going to happen at all. Uh, Cody Ford uh, might be my favorite offensive lineman in the, in the draft just based off his name. Like That guy's going to move some people. No doubt about it. Noah Font, a tight end from Iowa. Now, I feel like there's been a Noah Font at Iowa for a decade. I swear to God. I, I feel like they have a Noah font every year. This might be the fourth Noah font to happen out of Iowa. It's a thousand percent, and it makes sense to the tight end. It's a perfect name. Now, Daniel Jeremiah has the Eagles drafting Marquise Brown. Okay? Marquise Brown is going to be a superstar, and I hope the Eagles take him and draft and trade Nelson Aguilar. I need Marquise Brown to be my slot receiver. Jonathan Abram is a safety, hard-hitting safety from Mississippi State. I know that sounds like I watched some tape. That's because I did, because I am obsessed with the name Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram, you think he's going to be a superstar, Ike? Who? Jonathan Abram. Uh, I don't know about Jonathan Abram. <laughs> what about Hollywood Brown? Hollywood Brown. That's the name everybody wants to associate with the Eagles. Yeah. We need an offensive lineman, not a wide receiver. You're so old school. I hate it. Dude, we got to protect the quarterback, man. Let's go. You build, you build your team in the trenches, man. Oh, that's so sad. You're so not fun at all. Hate to see this happen to someone so great. Like, you know, I just hate to see that. One's an offensive lineman. How boring. All right. Now, 
this is this is also gonna this might offend the the the, the Chris Lindstrom household, but dear Chris, uh, I'm not trying to be rude here, but I think you should pick up a hockey stick and start working on your handles because you should be a defenseman in the NHL. Like that's that's your calling card. You are not an offensive guard. Pick up the stick, shed some weight. And get on the ice because you are going to be a Hall of Fame caliber defenseman. Uh, Rock Yassin, another like cornerback, wide receiver, superstar name. Absolutely love it. Byron Murphy from the University of Washington should be undrafted. Um, <laughs> no, no Washington Huskies should ever be drafted ever again, in my opinion. Drew Locke. So the reason Drew Locke is undraftable is also because he sucks. But also his name is way too close to Andrew Luck. And that's going to cause more confusion. It's not like you have to have a a duel like you have to have for Josh Allen um, because their names are actually the exact same. Uh, Drew Locke and Andrew Luck, it does not work. Like imagine Dick Stockton having to call a Drew Locke versus Andrew Luck game. Like Dick Stockton would have a heart attack. So we're thinking about Dick and <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, um, uh, that's so. So we don't have to a duel for for Drew Locke and Andrew Luck. But um, I don't think Drew Locke should be drafted because Andrew Luck is a star. Um, we have Elkton Jenkins going to the the St. Louis Rams. And uh, if football is around in the uh, early 1900s, like Elkton works as, a, as an early 1900s football player. Doesn't work in 20, 2019. So sorry about that. Um, maybe change the name a little bit. And finally, number 32, of course, the Patriots do it again. Dexter Lawrence, absolute superstar defensive tackle name, um, all in. So that's going to do it for the Jack Fritz name test. Let's get to the Counterpoint Mailbag. All right. Counterpoint Mailbag, uh, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. The first one comes from Lonus. Um, ask you this last year, but need to know it for this year. Which draft prospect has a good name, but is playing the wrong position for his name? Isaiah Wynn was your pick last year. And Isaiah Wynn, I, I thought he was a running back, but he was an offensive tackle. Uh, I don't, he obviously got hurt, which sucked. But we'll see how that one turns out. Uh, for me this year, I mean, I think Chris Lindstrom should be a NHL defensive lineman. Um, so that's a pretty big change. Um, but maybe maybe my one this year would be Devin White. Uh, go, be, go play a skill position, in, in my opinion. So uh, maybe, maybe Devin White this year. And the second one um, from Neil Dutton. First question, where the hell have you been? Well, I've been grinding, okay? You know, I'm always working. I'm always working. But as you can tell, it's Philly season. I mean, the, the Phillies, for as, as much of a diseased Eagles fan I am, I'm just as much of a diseased Phillies fan. I would say I'm probably, I might even be more of a diseased Phillies fan. Like, the Phillies, like, I, I love the Phillies. The, I would say the Eagles were my first love, and then it became, became the Phillies. Also played baseball my whole life. So I just, you know, I've been grinding, Okay. We're all trying to find our niches in this world. We're trying to find our way in this world. Don't pick on me. And Barcher was suppressing the Counterpoint podcast. Obviously, that's what happened here. And second, if you were drafted, uh, if you were to be drafted by an NFL team, who would you thank first when being interviewed after hugging the commissioner? I feel like I would have to to thank the Mush Gods um, because you know I would be mushing my way all the way to the stage. So um, I think I'd thank the Mush Gods if I had to do it because the Mush Gods have been grateful to me, except for the. Uh, the Alshon drop. I didn't appreciate that one bit, but what can you do? Um, from Steve Ferrigno. Hi, Jack. My fiance and I have been trying to watch more sports together since she knows I'm a huge Philly sports guy. Back in January, I went to D.C. decided to visit the Holocaust Museum. While we waited in line for one of the movies, I was I was 
trying to look at an exhibit, so I walked away from her. When I got back, I heard her asking a teenager if they were a Vikings fan, as they were had a Vikings hoodie on. Right as I got back next to her, and before I could stop her, she decided to say, thanks for choking away the playoff spot. The Eagles needed some help. The teen looked like he was about to burst into tears, while his mom came to the rescue trying to laugh it off. We then kept running into them the entire visit, but the kid had taken off his hoodie and tied it around his waist. So my question is, is my fiancé a terrible person, or is that fan enough to make her diseased? I was impressed at her tra- trash-talking game, but thought the time and place and person may have all been wrong. Your word as, an Eagles, as the Eagles fans are is law as always. Listen, that is a that is a diseased fan move, and it's a hilarious move. R- roasting has the... There is nothing I find funnier than an adult just roasting a kid. And that is what your fiancé did. Fiancé sounds dope. Keep her around. Um, let's go to Adam Arnold. Counterpoint Jack is back. I was just thinking of suggesting bringing back Counterpoint to bring you out of the slump. Uh, I heard on High Hopes. I have high hopes about our Phillies and high hopes that Counterpoint Jack comes back with a vengeance with his great insights and fun stories. Get James on a new episode of Counterpoint with you. So, uh, yeah, if you listen to High Hopes, and again, if you're a Phillies fan listening to this podcast and you don't listen to High Hopes, like you're out of the trust tree. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I just been in an absolute funk. Like I just I, everything I've been saying has been turning to shit. Like everyone, like after I got after I physically brought this city Bryce Harper. Um, it's just gone all downhill. Like every one of my takes have just been cold. Like it just, just every, everything I write is just at freezing cold takes cause they just don't work well at all. Um, let's go to, well, there's a lot of time. All right. Last one here. Cause there's like three, I put the question out on Twitter and since I've definitely gained a lot of followers since the last time I did counterpoint, people don't realize that counterpoint is a, <laughs> Eagles podcast and I just have a bunch of Phillies questions in here so uh, I guess it's good for the brand but let's get back to some counterpoint questions um, from Teddy Buriani hey Jack it's been a while the volume of baseball tweets and lack of football ones leading up to the draft has has been really worrisome about your commitment to the trust tree listen the commitment to the trust tree is always there but sometimes you got to give the people what they want and what the people want right now are my Phillies takes so I think what do you like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to make a living out here you know I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> anyway, where do you stand on the Wentz was bad last season and Nick Foles saved their season train? Taking out wins on paper, our guy had a pretty good season stat-wise. He only had five wins, but I fully blame Jim Schwartz for the Tennessee and Carolina losses. Uh, I blame Tennessee on Jim and more Corey Graham, but uh, the Carolina loss, I mean, they got to score more points, and he had the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I don't think that's totally – I think it's on both of them. Uh, and he continues on. Carson got a double-digit fourth-quarter leads. You have to keep them. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, the Saints game was a stinker, but I think that game alone left a way worse taste in everyone's mouth than deserved. I agree. Like, if you take out the Saints game, he was a top-ten quarterback in the league last year with a broken back and a broken knee. Like, let's, let's leave him alone. Um, and his first game was the Cowboys game where he started rough and had a monster game that was spoiled by his defense, having no idea how to cover Amari Cooper. And the first time anyone made a good play covering him, it happened to be tipped up and into his hands. Pray for Sewell. How do you assess uh, how Carson did this year, and do you think that Nick Foles had that great of a year? Also, any draft prospects you're interested in, name or talent? I'll give you my one draft prospect sleeper that I absolutely love, and that is Darnell Savage, just an absolute superstar. If they draft him, he'll be just a star. And the one guy who I do want to mention that I saw Elliot, he wrote about on 94WIP.com. He wrote about twice, and I would just like Elliot to not write about him anymore, is Jerry Tillery who is apparently a defensive tackle 
from Notre Dame. I think Jerry Tillery um, should probably get into Sunday's Game of Thrones because that guy is not a football player. Uh, Jerry is not a football name, and Tillery, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. There's no way that guy's going to be good. Like If I could bank on one player being absolutely horrible in this draft, it's Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery? Get out of here. No interest in that. And yeah, I think I think the whole narrative around Carson has been completely wrong. And the narrative around Nick Foles, who was literally mostly trash. He wasn't trash. He was fine. But like he was he had eleven touchdowns and eight picks. And he outside the Texans game was just fine. Like he was just fine. And good for Nick and good job in Jacksonville and whatever. But let's let's all relax on the Carson's lander. And and again, if you're in the trust tree, you're keeping a list because when Carson comes back to MVP form this year, they'll all remember. The, the for as much as the North remembers, the trust tree also remembers as well. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. I will be back soon. <laughs> <laughs>